What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of Double Take Radio. If you do not know who I am, my name is Nick, and welcome to Double Take Radio. If this is your first time ever tuning in with us, um, if this is your first time listening with us, you're more than welcome to go ahead back and listen to the three episodes that I posted a couple weeks ago. Um, week first episode I posted about two weeks ago, whatever. Yeah, you can go ahead and listen to that. You're more than welcome to. Um, but today I got a lot for you guys today. Um, we're going to be talking about the NCAA playoffs, and we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs as well. Um, but first, we're going to go ahead and get into the NCAA playoffs. Um, today is Championship Monday. Kind of weird to say Monday. You would think Sunday or Saturday. But today is Championship Monday, and this game is between the Alabama Crimson Tide versus the Ohio State Buckeyes. So first, I'm going to get into the semifinal scores. Um, I'm just going to put in my little opinion, a little two cents of what I thought of the game. Um, if the players, if uh, the teams played to my expectations, if they didn't, um, I'm going to hear your opinions on that too. So if you want to go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Radio Double Take and uh, go ahead and tweet me your opinions on the games. Um, let me know if you think that Mac Jones played well. Let me know if you think that Trevor Lawrence played well. Um, if you if you think that just anybody you saw stand out and I didn't, go ahead and let me know. Um, so we're going to go ahead and get into this. The first game of the college football playoffs was the Alabama Crimson Tide versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And as everybody would have thought, unless you're a Notre Dame fan or Alabama hater, um, Alabama took this one. Um, 31 to 14. Like I always said in episode two, I said that if Mac Jones and Devontae Smith connect quick and uh, early in the game, it's, it's going to be an easy game for Bama. And that's exactly what happened. They opened up the game with a driving touchdown and they basically set the tone for the entire, for the entire game. Um, but that one was 31 to 14. Um, Bama won. So next, we're going to go ahead and talk about the next game, which was the Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Clemson Tigers. And Ohio State finally got their revenge, um, which I'm very happy about because I am an Ohio State fan, and which just about anybody that hates Clemson is happy about as well. Um, I'm not really sure if many people are happy about Ohio State winning because we got a bunch of Ohio State haters. Um, but I'm very happy that they won. And this time, the revenge that they got was not close revenge. They got their second chance and they took advantage of it. Ohio State won this game 49-28. Basically doubled their score, did they? No. No. Yeah. Yeah, they put up they they beat them by twenty eight points. So, no, I cannot do math. They beat them by twenty one. I apologize. I cannot do math. Um, but Ohio State finally got their revenge against Clemson, and showed Dabo Sweeney that Ohio State is indeed the best number eleven team in the nation. I understand that Ohio State only played six games in the regular season, how are you going to even say that a team like this is number 11? That's just disrespectful. And the kids took offense to that. So say something like that 
what do you you gotta ex, you gotta expect the outcome you're gonna get, like so, getting killed 49 to 28 in the college football playoffs. Um, but let's go ahead and get off of that. Um, let's talk about the college football playoffs championship game. My prediction on this Ohio State wins 38 to 35. It's gonna be a close game. Um, it's gonna be a very good game offensively. Defensively it will be as well, but offense is just gonna keep going and going and going, and offense is gonna set the tone for this entire game. Um, so I got this game right here gonna be 38 to 35. And that is it for my CFP predictions. Now we're gonna talk about the Heisman winner, which was finally announced. And the winner of the 2020-2021 Heisman Trophy is Devontae Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama. He deserves it. I'll be honest with you. He he deserves it because the way that Trask played that last game, his his Heisman, his Heisman candidacy went way low. He was number one, tossed three interceptions in the first quarter, and went down. But like how he said in episode two. I said it's it's kind of hard to make plays with with your third string receivers because he didn't have Kyle Pitts, he didn't have uh he didn't have his his regular receivers, he didn't have um basically who he needs to make plays. That's what I should say. He didn't have his playmakers, so I don't know what you expect him to do. You expect him to make plays with his third string receivers? It's kind of hard to do. Um, but I also did say that if Mac Jones or Devontae Smith have a good game. Um, that one of them was going to take the Heisman away from Trask, and that's exactly what happened. Um, you have Devontae Smith, who had one hell of a game, and he pushed up his uh, Heisman odds, and that's exactly what he, that's exactly what he got. He got his Heisman, which is well-deserved on Devontae's side. Um, but that is going to be it. Oh, wait. I didn't even say Devontae Smith's uh, – I didn't even say his stats. Devontae Smith had 105 receptions. 1,641 yards and 20 touchdowns as a receiver. That's that's crazy good stats as a receiver. And it's a very weird year as well. But for him to put up those stats with Najee Harris in the backfield, and he's got um a bunch of other, he's got a bunch of good receivers next to him as well. So it's it's kind of hard to take all that uh, to make all those plays with such good key players around you on offense. So congratulations, Devontae Smith. Well-deserved. Um, that's going to be it for the NCAA aspect of my podcast. Um, next, we're going to be talking about the NFL playoffs and the final scores. Um, whoever did not watch the games, I'm sure, you got, I'm sure you already looked at the ESPN or whatever you used to look at your scores to find out the scores of them are, to find out the scores of them. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about them right here. So the first game of the wild card weekend, it was the number two Buffalo Bills versus the number seven Indianapolis Colts. And this game was actually very good towards the last minutes of the game. I mean, um, it was a bunch of back and forth action, a um, couple controversial calls. Um, it was a, it was a very crazy game and it really opened up wild card weekend. I mean, it's called wild card for a reason. It's it's a wild it's a wild game. So this one, it was the Bills. They won 27-24. They beat the Colts. This was the Bills' first playoff win since 1995. It's been 50, It's been 25 years since they got a playoff win. 
and they got it in the craziest way possible, to be honest with you. There was a controversial call where a the receiver, I forget which receiver it was, I apologize for that, but the receiver caught the ball, took a couple steps, got tackled, came back up, ball came out, they called it a, um, they said the runner was down on contact. When when you look at the replay, you can see that his knee came up before the ball came out. So it should have been a fumble. Bill should have won right there with no other um, heart attacks coming or heart attacks going to any Bills fans. Um, I just don't know how they didn't see that it was a fumble. I mean, the guy caught the ball on the ground, tried getting up, got up, player came up, boom, Shoot the ball, fumble, should have been game right there. But I guess the refs wanted uh, something different to happen. But the player of the game for this game was Josh Allen. Josh Allen did have 378 total yards, three total touchdowns, and he did throw for 74% completion rating. Um, That was a good game by Josh Allen, and uh, it was enough to lead the Bills to their first playoff win since 1995. Um, Next game... We got the Los Angeles Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. And the Rams, with the first upset of the um, NCAA playoffs, I should say upset because I'm pretty sure many people thought that the Seahawks were going to win this game because Russell Wilson has that um, has more experience in the um, playoffs than many players on the Rams do. So I would have thought that I, I thought that the Seahawks were going to win this game. I really did. But Looks like Cam Akers wanted to do something different. Cam Akers, with one heck of a game, led the us uh, uh, led the Los Angeles Rams to a thirty to twenty victory against the Seattle Seahawks. Cam Akers, who is a rookie, had twenty eight carries, one hundred and thirty one yards, and one touchdown. He is the player of the game for that, um, for this game, and it was a great. Great performance on the defensive side as well from the Rams. I mean, they were all over the place. From the from when I was watching, the Rams' defense was killing it. And I wasn't expecting it, to be honest with you. I know the Rams have probably the best defense in the, in the uh, NFL. But I figured that Russell Wilson was going to be able to read through their defense and make connections with Tyler Lockett and, um, and DK and possibly get... Um, Chris Carson in the mix, but I guess that the Rams defense just outplayed them. Um, for the next game of Saturday, crazy Saturday, I should call this. Um, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. This was a great game, and you would have thought that the Bucks playing the Washington football team, it would have been a blowout. I thought it was. I thought they were going to kill them. But it was a very close game, and the Bucks barely, barely edged it. The final score to this was 31-23. The Bucks went in advance to the second round of the playoffs. This was, fun fact here, this was Tom Brady's 18th team Beat in the playoffs. Tom Brady's beaten 18 teams in the playoffs. That is insane. He's beaten 18 teams, 18 different teams in the playoffs. Yeah, 
18 different teams in the playoffs. What a game for both Tom Brady and Tyler Haneke as well. Or Taylor Haneke. Tom Brady, my player of the game for my player of the games for these one for this one is Tom Brady and Taylor Haneke. Um Tom Brady, he had 387 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 56 55% completion. Um that was a good game for, by Tom Brady. But the real star of the game here was Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke had 352 total yards, two total touchdowns, one interception, and a 59% completion rating. Taylor Heineke is also an undrafted free agent back in uh, is his fourth season, 2016, 2015, 2016. He was undrafted, and he basically has shown the Washington football team that he is the quarterback to trust after this game. If I'm the Washington football team and if I'm the front office, I'm going to take consideration in keeping Heineke. I would want to work him and possibly he could be a, a, an, an, um, a pro bowler in the next two years or three years if he keeps on playing like this. He had one heck of a game. Congratulations, Tyler Heineke, for um, showing the Washington football team that he is the person that they need. Um, that's going to be it for Saturday scores. Now for the Sunday scores. First game, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. This was, in my opinion, nope, never mind, was not the craziest game of the weekend. I would say the craziest game of the weekend was the Bills and Colts. This was one of the craziest games of the weekend. The Ravens got their revenge, and they they danced all over that logo, and they deserved that because what the Titans did last year, how they danced or how they stood all over the logo, disrespectful. Ravens, get your revenge, and that's exactly what happened. The Ravens won this one 20-13. Um, Marcus Peters did have a clutch interception at the end of the game um, to seal the deal. Lamar Jackson with one hell of a game. Lamar Jackson with 315 total yards, one rushing touchdown, and a 70% completion rating. Played the game for this one was his 48-yard rushing touchdown that made them tie the game in the second quarter. This was a good game uh, on both sides, the Ravens and Titans, both offense and defense. Titans defense played well. Ravens defense played well. Ravens defense held Derrick Henry to under under 100 yards with no touchdowns. Um, Brian Tannehill only had one passing touchdown, and that was the A.J. Brown at the beginning of the game. And it was just a very good game on both sides, in my opinion. And next, in my opinion, this one right here is probably was probably the most boring game of the playoffs. <laughs> I didn't watch much of it because I didn't really find it that interesting. It was the New Orleans Saints versus the Chicago Bears. And as everybody probably knows, um or yeah, as probably everybody knows, the Saints won. Um Saints won this one 21 and 9. Um oh hey Mitchell Trubisky was voted the Nickelodeon MVP, the NVP. Oh Congratulations, Mitch, Mitch uh, Trubisky. Deserve that. Congratulations. <laughs> but the player of the game for this one, for me, 
was Drew Brees. Um, 265 yards, passing yards, two touchdowns, and 71% completion rating. Pretty good game for Drew Brees. I mean, it was a low-scoring game on both sides. But very good game for the, for you, Drew Brees. Um, and the final game of the wild card weekend, I should say, yeah, wild card weekend, was the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Cleveland Browns have finally gotten their first playoff win since 1994. The Browns won this game 48-37. Not only did they get their first playoff win since 1994, but they did tie the record for the most points in the first quarter. 28 points in the first quarter by the Browns, which was tied for first in playoff history. Um, Big Ben had one hell of a game as well, even though they lost. Big Ben did have 501 passing yards for four touchdowns, but the downside of that is he did have four interceptions. So... That's where it kind of went down. But my star of the game is the Cleveland defense. The Cleveland defense played amazing. Cleveland defense had 77 total tackles, 56 solo tackles, 7 pass deflections, 5 turnovers, 4 interceptions. That's included with the 5, five turnovers. 4 interceptions, 1 touchdown. What a game from the defense. I mean, they did let go 37 points, but... They had all of these stats, and they killed it. What a game for the Cleveland defense. And they they helped them propel to the um, to their first win since 1994. Um, that's going to be it for the NFL playoffs schedule, score, um, and um, recap. Next, we're going to move on to a little something I'm going to speak on. It's the I heard some speculations about Deshaun Watson being traded to the Miami Dolphins for Tua Tagovailoa, and I don't think this is gonna happen. Um, and I don't see this happening only because Tua came in as the franchise quarterback, and they only got a year a year from him so far, and that year that they gave, that he gave them shows what he can do in the in the near future. He tossed for one thousand eight hundred and fourteen yards, eleven touchdowns. Five interceptions with a six and three starting record. And that was the best record by any rookie starting quarterback. So that shows something. Um, I mean, they're not the best stats, obviously, but he has a lot of potential. And I think it's just too early for the front office to make a decision this big. Um, Deshaun Watson is probably one of the best QBs in the NFL, without a doubt. But I just don't think the front office will make a decision this big. Like a trade this big, and you only have your so-called franchise QB one year into his career. I just think it's kind of too early for it. Um, I would say it's kind of too risky. Um, I don't know what, what you guys think. Go ahead and let me know what you think of this. I think that it's too risky for the uh, Miami Dolphins to make a decision this big. But I honestly would love to see a QB like Watson come to Miami. Um, I thought we were going to get him before we drafted Tua, but... I guess I was wrong because there were some speculations about um, Watson coming to the Miami Dolphins um, before we draft a Tua and we can get somebody with the somebody else with the fifth pick. But I guess I was wrong. I mean, um, Watson is a dual threat quarterback. He can run. He can throw. Um, he's got probably the best IQ in the NFL. 
Um, he's also a QB that once he catches fire, he keeps on killing it, and he's basically like he's basically a light switch and no shut off button. So once you get Deshaun going, you really cannot stop him. I love Deshaun, but Tua came in for one reason and one reason only: it's to be our franchise quarterback. I say R because I am a Dolphins fan. Um, so if I do sound a little bit biased, I do apologize about that. I just get a little bit too affection, uh, affectionate whenever it comes to this stuff because I love Tua and I want to see nothing but success from Tua. So that's why this topic kind of makes me a little bit worried because I don't want to see us waste a fifth pick like that. I mean, it's not wasting it. We get Deshaun Watson in the mix of it, but I just want to see us develop this quarterback like how we did with Marino. I want to see us develop this quarterback and have him lead us to championships. I know that Marino couldn't do that, but I want to see Tua lead us to championships in the next two or three years. But all I know is that Tua will continue to play for the reason that he came here for, and that was to be our franchise quarterback. And he'll continue to play until we find an actual reason to get rid of him. Um, it is too early to make a decision this big, and that's why I don't see this happening in offseason. Maybe in like two, three, four, five years, depending on how Tua does, um, that we could possibly try to get Deshaun. But I think it might be a little bit too late in two, three, four, five years. Um, so I think that if we were to do it, now is the best time to do it because Deshaun is not in good standings with the Bills, or not the Bills, my fault, with the Texans front office. So I just don't think it will be good for us to wait. Um, and if we were to make this trade, we do it now um, and try to get it out of the way as quickly as possible. Um, but there, if we don't get him... Um, there's a team that might actually get Deshaun via trade this offseason. Um, I think it would be the Broncos. If the Broncos don't get a, uh, a quarterback like Trey Lance or um, Zach Wilson, um, I got the Broncos actually going to be trading away Drew Locke and possibly some linemen or some receivers or whatever for Deshaun, possibly some picks as well for Deshaun. Um, I just don't see Deshaun coming to Miami. For Tua, at least for this year, that is. I mean, maybe in the near future, if Tua is more of a trading value, um, then maybe we can get Deshaun and somebody else for Tua and somebody else that's um, that makes it a fair trade. Because right now, if we were to trade for Deshaun, and let's say Tua goes down the drain and he does terrible, then obviously that's going to be a win for the Miami Dolphins. But if, let's say, Tua starts to skyrocket and he's doing better than expected and Deshaun is still kind of staying the same, I don't. it will be tough to call. I would say that maybe the Texans might have won that trade um, because this, because Tua is so young. And if he skyrockets early, then he possibly has a bigger chance of skyrocketing even more and becoming one of the best QBs in the NFL, like to where... Watson is right now, even though Watson doesn't really have much receivers. I mean, his best receiver is Will Fuller, and Will Fuller got caught with Peds in, in the middle of the season. So it's kind of hard for uh, Deshaun right now, obviously. Uh, it's probably hard for the front office, for the Texans front office to even make a deal at this point as well because it's kind of hard. I mean, the QB supply and demand is pretty uh, 
pretty limited in my opinion. Um, I mean, you got some, you got some good quarterbacks. You got some bad quarterbacks. You got some mediocre quarter, quarterbacks. I know the Jacksonville Jaguars need a quarterback desperately. They got Mike Glennon at their QB spot. And I think that if I'm the Texans, or not Texans, if I'm the Jaguars, if I'm the Broncos, if I'm the if I'm a team that needs a quarterback, I'm gonna try and trade whatever I can for this guy. Um I'm not saying the Dolphins don't need a quarterback. I'm just saying that Tua's too young to be making a decision like this. So I that's why I don't think that the Dolphins should be in the discussion to trade for Watson. Watson's a great quarterback. Do not get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not. But I just think it's too early for the Dolphins front office to make a decision like this. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be it for me today. Um, before I leave, I want to go ahead and bring out the trivia of the day. Um, the double take trivia of the day. I want you to go ahead and at me at Radio Double Take and use the hashtag Double Take Trivia. I want you to answer this: What team has the most wins in NFL playoff history? I want you to let me know the team and the amount of wins. Um, again, go ahead and tweet me at Double Take at Radio Double Take. Use the hashtag hashtag Double Take Trivia. Go ahead and let me know. Um, also, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Radio Double Take again. Um, if you do not follow me, go ahead and give me a follow. Um, if you haven't listened to the most recent episodes, go ahead and give those listens as well. Um, and that is going to do it for me today. Hope you guys enjoy your day. I will be enjoying my day watching Ohio, watching Ohio State win their ninth national championship in history of in Ohio State history. I hope you guys have a good one. And that'll be it. I'm out.